Of movies and brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm your host Jordan, and sitting here next to me is Mr. Class himself, Daniel. Hello, hello. So today we're talking the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Glass, starring James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, and Samuel L. Jackson. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's see if heroes are actually among us. Cheers! Cheers! Alright, well welcome everyone. Before we get into it, let's talk about what we're drinking here. Alright, so this week it was Jordan who brought in beer for Beer and Tell. So Jordan, tell us what you brought. Well this week I brought in Modern Times Coffee Roasty Stout. And then I gotta tell you, this stuff is pretty good. They're based out of San Diego, and yeah, they just opened up, a, I think it was like a year ago, they opened up a place here in Portland. I've been to them quite a bit, and they're good. They got some good stuff on tap. They always have like, they have like eight hazy IPAs right now. Oh, damn, that's a lot, especially out of summertime, too. But being that it's still winter, I thought we'd go with another stout here. But yeah, this stuff is pretty good. I enjoy it. Yeah, no, it tastes really good. It tastes more like coffee than beer, mm-hmm. which is nice. I mean, it kind of tastes like a coffee energy drink, sort of. Not quite to the sugar side of it, but I don't know. It tastes good. I like it. It's my favorite kind of stouts. All right. Well, why don't we get into some news here? Daniel, take it away. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-ba. Today in movie news. So, uh, what I have for movie news, one is Bumblebee sequel is reportedly in early, early development, being as it's still in the theaters right now. That's good news. I would like to see a sequel to that. But I heard that after its international success, which it's, you know, creeped up on $401 million worldwide right now, you know, not a ton of money, but it's made back its budget. I mean, well, and it's given us hope again that Transformers can be good. Yeah, I mean, I really, we, I think we both really enjoyed it, and so I would, I would definitely like to see Charlie and Bumblebee again. And I mean, the uh, article that I read didn't really offer anything else except for uh, maybe it being a team up movie with Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. Hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, so that that's fun. Like I'm, I, I would go and see another one of these. Like I said, I, as long as it doesn't turn into like the Michael Bay franchise, I'm good because I really did enjoy like the more local, less worldwide feel of this movie, and yeah, it's just good. So the next thing I have is that DC announces that are <clears throat> they are moving away from sh- their shared. <laughs> Their shared universe. Really? So I have a quote that says that they are, it says they are far less focused on a shared universe and they want to take it one movie at a time. Each movie will be its own thing and its own equation. Essentially, they're like, yeah, yeah, our movies aren't going to be like. <laughs> our cinematic universe failed badly, so we're kind of starting over, but not starting over. Yeah, it kind of sounds like they're just trying to convince people that, oh, we completely failed. Like, no, 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 we we actually didn't fail. We were trying to just do standalone movies by themselves, which makes sense why you would have a Justice League movie, the third movie in, right? Mm-hmm. It still doesn't make any sense, but apparently that's what they're doing. So hopefully, and I guess they also said that they would be leaving it more up to the directors on what the direction they want to take their movies in. So essentially just kind of like early 90s where you had some DC, like some Batman movies that weren't actually really connected. Maybe something like that, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm still excited for Wonder Woman, but other than that... Just do Bam and Beyond, bring back Michael Keaton as the uh, older, wiser Bruce Wayne. I would love to see a Batman Beyond movie. 
do like um, Ryan Gosling as Terry McGinnis. Oh my god, I, I would watch the crap. I uh, love that, that would actually be pretty cool. I would love I love Ryan Gosling. That'd be sweet. Okay, all right. Um, next we have Fantastic Beast three. Uh, delayed production to late fall of 2019. They were originally scheduled to start filming in July. So, and the reason that they gave for the delay was that they needed to give the third movie more prep time before they started filming. I mean, write a better story. Write a better story. And apparently this also might inadvertently affect the DC universe with the Flash movie since Ezra Miller is, uh, I guess, still in the third movie. They're going to delay the Flash again. Oh, Oh, well, this time it's not DC's fault, maybe. Still Warner Brothers. So I just think that's funny that now the Harry Potter universe is affecting the DC universe. But and last year it was a uh, Mission Impossible universe affecting it. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> just DC just can't catch a break with their movies. Oh, that's too bad. Nope. Must be everybody else's fault. Must be. All right. And uh, the last bit of movie news, which I'm excited, well, not excited to say, um, Lee Uncrich's <coughs> I don't know if I said that right, is retiring from the Pixar Studios after 25 years. Jeez. And so if that name doesn't ring a bell, he was the co-director of Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., and Finding Nemo. And he was the solo director on Toy Story 3 and Coco. So two of their like probably some of their best movies came out of him because Coco was wonderful in oh, Toy Story this 3. This is going to be an interesting like future for Pixar now because John Lasseter and this guy are gone now. Yeah. They're the like originals of this. Yeah, you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like they've been around for since the since they conceived Pixar, you know, it's just, you know, just eventually people kind of age out of well, I age understand. Out of it. It'll just be interesting to see like where things go from here. Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of exciting. Like, it's also kind of scary because they've been so reliable for so long. But, you know, the new generation of people will step up. And, I mean, like, I guarantee Pixar is only hiring the best. Hopefully. I mean, I... I, I couldn't see them hiring anybody else who wasn't the best. So, it'll be interesting to see what kind of movies they'll be making in 10, 10 years. Because I think that's the earliest we'll actually start seeing a change because you know animation takes years and years and years so anything that's in the can is still affected by the the old guard yeah it'll be a while yeah so you know it's exciting it's not necessarily bad i mean like he wasn't forced out he just actually retired completely not going off to another studio just completely done with uh making films all righty yeah well that's that is all i have for movie news this week well you're done already isn't there a new exciting trailer that launched this week Oh, you know what, Jordan? Thanks for reminding me. Yes, we got two exciting trailers. One's a teaser, and one is a full-blown trailer. Let's talk about the teaser first. So the teaser is for Ghostbusters 3, and it sounds... I mean, they're calling it Ghostbusters 3, so it seems like it's a continuation of the original two Ghostbusters movie. Now... It'll be interesting to see what they're doing with the original cast. I mean, uh, one of them is dead, so obviously they're not all coming back. And it's not even confirmed if any of them are coming back for Ghostbusters 3. No, I mean, I'm curious where they take this. Ghostbusters 2016 is not canon, per se, to the other two. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. If anything, I'd like to see... I don't want to see an entire movie of Grandpa Ghostbusters, but it'd be kind of cool get the originals that are still around back and have it kind of be a passing of the torch kind of thing to a young generation. Which is how the 20... I'm like, that would have been awesome if that's how they went about the 2016, but I guess it was also 
part. I mean, well, he still had Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray in cameo roles, yeah, but not yeah. necessarily in the same canon. So, I, I don't know. They, that, weren't, they weren't their own... <laughs> that movie doesn't exist. I've blocked it out of my mind. Never want to see it again. That's fine. I watched it once and I'm good, too. But, so... There's really nothing else confirmed except for Ghostbusters 3. That's it. They haven't confirmed a cast. They don't... Well, but we'll talk about the trailer itself, though. Like, that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, a warehouse. You can hear, like, their laser sounds. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you see, yeah, you see, like, the, uh, you know, the... I don't even remember what their little backpacks are called. But you see, like, that proton effect. Pack. Yeah, their proton packs. You see, like, that effect going on. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and... The camera pans down to the back of a car. And lo and behold... It's the Ecto-1... Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, that uh, was a cool little teaser. It says it's not summer till, or excuse me, not coming out till the summer of 2020. I think it said. I think so. So we got yeah, year and a half to go, but that was still a really cool teaser trailer. I enjoyed it. So it's just going to be a lot of details to look forward to. What's the uh, other trailer that you're talking about, Daniel? Well, if you've been living under a rock, the teaser from Spider-Man: Far From Home appeared this past week, and Spider-Man, I've watched it. Spider-Man a- does whatever a Spider-Man can. Can he swing from a web? No, he can't. He's a pig. Look out! Here comes the spider pig. Mm-hmm. Peter Porker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we have Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped, shows Mysterio, shows these elemental beasts. And yeah, I'm kind of curious what they are, because I'm thinking Hydro-Man is the water one, but like, is it Hydro-Man has new abilities and he can be lava or whatever, or fire and earth made a rock, or Sandman one of them? I, I don't know. Well, I heard some fan theories that those like that particular group is called like the Elementals, but I've never heard of them. I'm not deep into comics. Yeah, that I'm not familiar with the Elementals. But as far as like since Mysterio's involved, it leads me to believe that I mean at least if we're going off of his old origins, at least from like the '90s cartoon, I think before that that he's a kind of a trickster. He does illusions, so maybe those are just elaborate illusions that he's created. Possibly. I mean, like in the cartoon, he was doing things to frame Spider-Man to make himself look like a hero. So maybe he's making da- it appear like danger's going on and he's the hero that sweeps in to save the day. Yeah, and I definitely got that feel when he appears. He's like, stay back. You don't want to get involved. And then he just is flying around one of those guys. And what's also interesting that I noticed in the trailer is that the effects of ha- like Mysterio shooting like this beam at this elemental creature is that it has the same effects as Doctor Strange when he does magic. So I want to, I'm kind of curious if they're, he's still going to be someone who does illusions or if he has like a basic understanding of the mystic arts. Let's say a mixture of both. But yeah, I'm trying to think, I mean, it looks, it looks good. Yeah, we can talk about the trailer itself. A little bit. So yeah, Peter Parker's going off to Europe with his classmates. Looks like field, you know, not field trip, but you know, class trip out to Europe. He's got the hots for this new MJ girl, not Mary Jane, but it's still the same initials. Nick Fury shows up. Hijacks the summer. Hijacks the summer. Hey. Yeah, I gotta say I did enjoy um, him putting a dart inside of uh, Ned. I know you don't like Ned that much. I get it. He's annoying. <laughs> He's super annoying, and it was nice that somebody finally shut him up. I know. You were like, Nick Fury is again my hero. Yes. Yeah, I like what I see so far. I'm excited to see it. It'll be cool to see Spider-Man in a different continent altogether. I know. And, and you know. Super curious to see when this takes place in regards to Endgame. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I'm I'm guessing there's going to be time travel and a lot of these superheroes come back in Endgame. Big ones like Black Panther and Spider-Man that have sequels announced aren't dying, obviously. Right. However, does this play, take place before Infinity War? I, I just, I don't know. Like... 
And because I've heard also that Endgame is supposed to take place five years after Infinity War. So I, I don't know. Guess we'll find out this summer. Yeah, maybe at the end of the movie, they'll be like, it was all just a dream and Spider-Man still trapped inside of the Soul Stone. Could be. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> be a little bit of a cop out, but <laughs> who yeah. knows? Yeah, not sure. And yeah, and if half the po- I mean, I'm so curious what happens with Endgame now, because like if half the population is wiped out. And not everybody comes back, maybe. I mean, everybody seems to be pretty chill with the way the world is at the moment in this movie. Yeah, exactly. So Also, if it takes place five years, if Endgame, excuse me, takes place five years, let's say, let's say Spider-Man Homecoming, or, or Far From Home takes place right after Endgame, but Endgame takes place five years after Infinity War, but they're all still in high school? I don't know. I guess we just have to wait and see. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. We're getting too far down in unconfirmed details. So, good trailer, though. Enjoyed it. I watched it a couple different times this last week, and yeah, looking forward to it. Same. Awesome. All right. Well, for news, right? Yeah, that's that's all we got. Now, that's, this is actually the end. All right, well, let's get into our movie of the week here. This week, we're talking... Glass, starring James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, and Samuel L. Jackson. Written and directed by M. Night Shyamala. So, Daniel, tell us a little bit about your, uh, I guess, Shyamala history here and what your expectations going into this were. Uh, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, now that you've put me on the spot, I You're don't welcome. know if I've actually seen an M. Night Shyamala movie. Ever? Sixth Sense? Nope, never seen it. Unbreakable? Never seen it. Signs? Never seen it. Village? Never seen it. The Happening? Nope, never seen it. Lady in the Water? Nope. After Earth? Which one was After Earth? Will Smith and his son. That was an M. Night Shyamalan movie? Lost in Space. That was him? Mm-hmm. Shit, I've seen that one. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. <laughs> Out of all of them, you've seen probably the worst one. That I hated that movie. Yeah. I still remember Everybody wanting to. Everybody hated that movie. Okay. So... I actually never saw it. Thankfully, but I heard nothing but bad stuff about it. So I skipped all of his great movies and went into his, went past the mediocre ones to super terrible. I'm thinking of oh, on Split. Nope, never seen it. Wow. Uh, See, there, there's at least one more. In and there I, I, I never watched Lost. I don't think he did have anything to do with Lost. No, he co-created it. With Abrams? J.J. Abrams? Wait, maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was involved in Lost. Okay. I guess... If it was, it's news to me. I don't know. Well, okay. So, yes. Apparently, until right now, I... I'm forgetting something, though. But continue. Essentially, I bet you I haven't seen it then. So, this is my first outing with M. Night Shyamalan. Um, His... I, I guess I know he's such like a... I don't know... Oh, Last Airbender is the one of the live action Last Airbender. Oh, God. So I seen that. <laughs> so you see his worst ones because those are probably considered his two worst. And that's the only ones you've seen. Wow. Okay. I forgot he did that one, too. So, yeah. No, I've seen After Earth and The Last Airbender, which are the least M. Night Shalama. 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 I'm just uh, the like the least M. Night movies I could have seen. Wow. Okay. So apologies in advance. But... I did not realize that I had hardly seen any of them because I know. So this is a sequel to Unbreakable and Split and you haven't seen either. That's right. I didn't have time to catch up. Man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, but you've had like 19 years to watch Unbreakable. Yeah. 
It's okay. It's okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, what were your expectations going into this? My expectations for going into this weren't very high. I mean, not because I thought this movie would be bad, but because I hadn't seen the first two movies that led to this one. So I was kind of going in like, I might not understand everything. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to see trying to essentially base off whether I'm enjoying myself and enjoying what's happening in this movie. And I got to say, I, I did. So, I mean, hooray for me, I guess. I I essentially understood most everything that went on during the entire runtime of the movie. And the movie does a pretty good job of letting you know if you haven't seen the first two movies. It kind of like does a quick rundown of all the characters. Yeah, I thought they did a good job of kind of a fill in. Yeah. So Get everybody caught up and filled in. Yeah. So if, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it. I say if you haven't seen the first two, you can still go and see this movie without seeing the first two. Probably best to see the first two, but, you know, up to you. Yeah, for me going in, I've seen Unbreakable. It's probably been 15 years at least, but I saw it in its original theatrical run. I saw it a couple times when it first came out on DVD. Great movie. Love it. Never saw Split. So today, I kind I watched some recap videos on YouTube just to kind of get refreshed a little bit here. I wouldn't say I had, like, real high expectations going in. I had no idea this movie was even coming out until a few months ago when I was in a theater and saw a trailer for it. And I, I guess I got a little excited because I had no idea, that they, again, that they were making it. And it was just cool to, like, see... Because the trailer shifts out with all three of the characters in the same room together. So I was like, oh, okay, this 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 looks like it could be kind of promising. And, yeah, as far as, um... Let's see... Alright, as far as my general thoughts go, I enjoyed myself overall. I thought it was a really good thriller. I really like the concept as far as like the comic book ties in too. I thought that was really cool. They kind of touch on that quite a bit in this. And I I just, you know, as someone that likes comic books, it's, it was kind of cool to just hear him talk about all the, you know, different philo- what, philosophy? Is that the word? Philosophy? I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. He uses a lot of the literature terms. Literature, like as far yeah. as like how, like what different types of like moments in a story are called. But yeah, they do do talk about those. And I like that because they didn't, I liked how they mentioned that because it wasn't fourth wall breaking, but they're still calling out like comics and like how they have tropes that this movie is ticking them off one by one mm-hmm. all right did you give your general thoughts you kind of talked about your expectations what were your general thoughts of the movie general thoughts are i enjoyed myself quite a bit um i i didn't feel like i was missing too much from not seeing the first two movies um it definitely encourages me to go and re-watch at least unbreakable for sure and split because i i don't know like it just the inter- the movie was interesting enough so i, I definitely want to see how how it fits into the entire trilogy. So, and I, I don't know. Um, my overall, or I guess my, ugh. okay. I don't know. My, my, I guess my thoughts are just like I did enjoy this quite a bit while I was watching it and I didn't feel lost at all and I feel like the average moviegoer if you haven't seen the first two movies you can still go see this movie and be perfectly fine yeah Daniel's talking to someone with experience in that yeah 36% of Rotten Tomatoes I'm like that seems really low I I enjoyed myself like it's not like a masterpiece like A plus masterpiece by any means but very enjoyable still and there's I don't see 36 just seems so low it does seem so low and I think that might just because we're all just got like DC Marvel in our brain that we think oh grounded like our baseline for grounded superheroes is Daredevil on like Netflix and I'd say like you have to pull back even further because this is like super grounded super like this is the most realistic thing you could possibly think of as far as like people who have not even supernatural but extraordinary abilities Mm -hmm. yeah this movie it kind of one thing I really liked about it and I'll I'll save it for when we talk about likes here yeah I don't know I I will say to piggyback off what you said I'm kind of liking these more grounded superhero movies better than the Marvel DC ones. Like, I'm looking forward 
to uh, Brightburn quite a bit this year. That comes later in the springtime, I believe. Shazam, although not super grounded, different at least. Yeah, a lot more More, comedic. More of a low budget, going for, yeah, more of the comedy side of things, so looking forward to that. Yeah, more than I am some of these other ones that are just these high budget boom 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 shoot them up superhero movies that we've had in the last 10 years yeah it's nice to see a change of pace so you kind of get a break yeah and hopefully um joaquin phoenix's joker movie will be kind of like that too <sighs> yeah i hope so but i i'm not super looking forward to that one. saving all judgment for the trailer but we, yeah we'll see so yeah let's go into likes here why don't we give at least uh three each uh i'll start with one here i mentioned the comic book tie-ins i think one thing i liked about this is this kind of feels like what what it would be like if superheroes did live among us or like let's say the X-Men universe was real and there were people out there that had super um, human uh, abilities. I kind of feel like this is how we would would treat the situation where we would put them in a hospital like this and evaluate them. No, yeah, I definitely think so. And even kind of funny you mentioned X-Men. They do kind of mention those. I think it's more in X-Men 2 and a little bit in 3, but how... You know, like, people are scared of them. Like, you know, superhero movies now, you just say, like, people with powers? Awesome, that's so cool! But in the X-Men movies, yeah, they're just like, oh, you have powers? Like, this scares the hell out of regular people. And then the government types just want to get them, put them into weapon programs, and experiment on them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a realistic approach to what could actually might happen. No, yeah, I definitely think so, too, and it's good. I- I'm glad you mentioned X-Men, because I didn't really think about that until just now. What was, your, what was your next like? I would say for me, I really enjoyed David and his son Joseph's relationship together yeah we see you haven't seen unbreakable yet but we see uh joseph as a child in unbreakable so now he's adult obviously and yeah them working together they own a security shop together and he's kind of his uh, what do you call it in-ear security guy i mean he's he's his man in the chair you know like your favorite character ned from spider-man mm. he's his man in the chair except he's way cooler than ned uh, Does, yeah doesn't talk as much and not as obnoxious yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, he's, he's kind of like that, helping him out on his, uh, you know, the, what do they call it? Walks. Going for a walk here and his crime fighting abilities. Um, but yeah, I like their relationship quite a bit, though. Uh, I like the guy that played his son. I thought he did a good job. It was, and it was cool seeing Bruce Willis in this role again. I really enjoyed him in Unbreakable, and it was cool to see him in this role again. He's had some pretty, I don't know, straight-to-DVD movies come out in the last few years, so it's good to see him in something more mainstream again. Yeah. No, definitely. And, you know, Bruce Willis, I mean, like, I don't really care. At this point, he's already a national treasure. He's done so much that if he he's in a couple bad movies here and there, who cares? Yeah, it's just one of the better stuff still. I know. But like I said, he's like 60. Yeah, I think at least. <laughs> he's getting up there. Uh, what's another one for you? Um, Well, some of my likes are, well, I did really like um, his son a lot. I feel like I enjoyed his character the most. <clears throat> and I definitely enjoyed the relationship that he had with his son. How he kind of like he helps him out. He's his man in the chair. And like he's not he understands what his dad's doing. And he. It just helps him out. I really liked that a lot. And then I guess uh, for me, another like is I loved, I mean, we're not into spoilers yet, but I loved the escape plan slash mm-hmm. master plan of uh, Mr. Glass. And I also, while horrifying, I also liked the scene that kind of shows you how fragile he is when he's at the, it's a flashback scene to him when he's a child. And yeah, it, that was a cool scene. And it goes back to him being so fragile that he's on a little twirl about. I don't know what to call it. I but don't know what to call it. But it's, he's, at, he's at the fairgrounds and he's on a ride that spins you around. And yeah, yeah like the teacups. He's, yeah, and he's running <laughs> into the side of things. And and yeah, that was just like, it was a too cool scene, but it was freaky because like it shows you like his arm just fractured in like four different places. It's already in a brace, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. So it was, I wasn't 
cool scene to show you how fragile he is, but it was also horrifying at the same time. Yeah, I don't remember if they did any flash kid flashbacks of him. They, I know they showed him like first born uh, in Unbreakable. But I don't remember if they did flashback when he was like you know ten or something like that. But it was cool to see that. Another thing I liked just that whole scene when they were kind of like reintroducing you to David and showing you what he can do when he walks past those two adolescent idiots on the road that were like punching, going around punching people and recording it to make a video go viral. I guess. Mm-hmm. So having him confront them back at their house, I really like that scene. Yeah, I did like that. I don't, I don't want to give anything too much away, but when he confronts them back at their house, though, that was just awesome. Yeah, no, I did like that scene, too, because you're just like just stupid idiot punks, and he just puts them in his place. It's kind of like something that everybody wants to do, at least at some point. Uh, yeah, all the time for me. <laughs> I, I know. Stupid people are everywhere. You just want to punch them, but you can't, but you want to. Uh, Let's move on to dislikes here. What were some something you disliked about the movie? <sighs> you know what? There's not a lot I disliked about this movie. I don't really have any real dislikes. The only thing that I that comes to mind is there's a scene like it's a good scene it's with an orderly um just kind of mouthing off to mr glass when he's in a sedated state mm-hmm. and you know he's has this hefty like huge flashlight and he's just like you know what would happen if i just drop this on your uh, your kneecap like it'd probably shatter and no one's gonna come help you for like eight hours. I could do that. And then he actually lets go, but he catches it right before. And it's just like, it's pretty, stressful. Like it's pretty, a good yeah, scene, but- intense moment there. Yeah, and I'm just thinking like, I guess that it's, not, it's kind of a dislike just cause I'm thinking like, I dislike this guy. He's a garbage person. But then you also remember that Mr. Glass murdered an entire train full of people. True. So, but I mean, that's kind of the closest thing I have oh, to yeah, a dislike. He's, he's like, man, I just stand security guard all day for this guy. God, so bored. So yeah, maybe was, that was just part of part when you're bored is how it work. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I think dislikes for me. I, I think the second act ran a little slow. It just got a little bit slow there in the middle, but that's not a big complaint. Otherwise, yeah, I don't really have any complaints for this movie too bad. Like I... Overall, it had pretty good flow. I shared uh, Shyamalan, the movie was originally a little over three hours, and he cut a bunch out just to make it down to the what it was. Yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting to see. But yeah, that, uh, he cut out almost a full hour of the movie then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not a lot of dislikes here. Um, trying to think here. It's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling stuff because there are some good surprises at the end. Uh, what did you think of the hospital, though? I, for one, I guess I missed the part. You mentioned this, I think, off-air or whatever, that... They said that they were in a separate, like, wing, if you will. Because I remember, like, the one thing I'm thinking throughout this movie is, like, there's three of them that are in captivity, or not, you know, just locked up at the hospital, and it's, the place is huge. Like, they show exterior shots, and the place is ginormous. I'm like, but there's only three of them, and barely any people that work there. I'm like, it just seems really odd that they're in this big of a facility, but... I guess I missed the part where they're in their own separate wing away from everybody else. I do like how they kind of customized all their rooms. Dave's in a room that's, you know, like full-on concrete and steel all around him with a sprinkler system because he's got the weakness of water. Right. So they have, like, they even show, like, the exterior cut of that ginormous tank outside full of water. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then, of course, I guess we'll call him Kevin Crumb is his main... Yeah, because that's the base personality. Base personality. They show him, and he's got the lights set up that if you're... it's even set up to where if he even gets close to them, they flash and turn him into somebody else. Yeah, or they flash if an aggressive personality comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, I thought the, the hospital stuff was pretty cool. No, I didn't. I like that too, how everything was customized to their weaknesses and Mr. Glass just is in a like, padded room. And like you said, I think you said this earlier, the, the whole scale of thing was just small. The majority of the movie takes place in this hospital. So you got standout moments here. I'm trying to think of standout moments and surprises kind of give anything away. Maybe we should go into spoilers here. Yeah, I would say call spoilers now if you haven't gone and seen this movie. 
uh, go check it out. I and I can personally vouch. I essentially understood every significant thing that happened throughout the movie. Um, so if you haven't seen the first two, I think you're still good to go to see this one. Yeah, yeah. Again, I would say I'm I'm with Daniel. I would say go check it out. Ignore the Rotten Tomato score. I definitely think it's a decently solid movie. Yeah, I mean so. the audience score is I think like 85%. Okay, well then yeah, listen to the audience score on this one. But yeah, let's go into some spoilers here. So biggest surprise here, no, standout moment, sorry. I really like Mr. Glass's plan in general on how he just wants to expose, you know, superheroes to the world basically or kind of call them out of their shells if you will. Yeah, because his whole plan is to try and I guess like awaken more superheroes in the entire world because mm-hmm. i guess uh, i don't know i guess my my standout moment is more like a standout concept is i was surprised because i mean this is the third movie in the superhero trilogy but it just goes to show how they even make a point in this movie is how grounded it is but i was surprised like the standout what stood out to me is more the concept of how tight and how small scale the entire movie was and yeah i just i was expecting like a big fight scene you know i got like i said i think i said this earlier too i got dc and marvel in my brain building come crumbling down and they have to go save the day exactly like i was thinking about this big bombastic like finale like i said like even for street levels i'm my street level goes straight to the daredevil netflix show and i still have to pull myself even farther back because these characters essentially exist in a world that has no superheroes and daredevil exists in a world where there are superheroes so that's what his street level yeah. is yeah it's, it's kind of funny yeah, i feel like a lot of young kids might not like this series if you will just because they're not action-packed like marvel comic type cut type movies excuse me oh beer's really getting to me well yeah um, well what you're saying is you know i can I understand that too, because it's more like psychologically driven mm-hmm. and not action driven, like we're used to with superhero movies. Exactly. And I kind of prefer this. Like, I'm looking forward to more of these. I think I said this earlier. Like, Brightburn. Like, I want more grounded stuff that's just not all out there. Like, I'm okay with a bad guy not trying to take over or take down the entire world. I'm okay with that. Yeah, because not every person wants that, despite what Marvel and DC tell you. Nope. Some some people just want to watch the world burn, like Mr. Glass. Yeah, I say standout moment for me, though, uh, now that we're in spoilers, is when Kevin's in the beast mode and reaches in and just grabs and cracks one of Mr. Glass's shoulders. Oh, yeah, that was painful. And, I mean, you can just hear the crackling of the bone. It's just like, ooh. <laughs> like, uh. And then I, I believe he back kicked him in the chest and just knocked him a couple feet back. And then he falls forward and falls to the ground. And you just, you just hear all the bones just breaking at every punch and every fall. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, that like you were just talking about. Yeah, he just like kicks him or punches him or something. But he punches him like right in the stomach. And so you hear like all of this. Shatters his chest. Shatters his chest. I'm like, I'm thinking like, oh, man, like this internal bleeding is probably going to kill this guy. And then it goes a step further. And he's in like so much pain that he's kind of like shuddering. And he just falls out of his chair. And like you said, he's just essentially like cracking like crazy. Yeah, that, oh. was, that was almost hard to watch. Like, because like, you know, nothing's graphic about it except for the sound effects. But like, you're still just like, oh, but you know, the man. concept of what's yeah, exactly like, happening. Oh, man. So, spoiler alert, there's a, nah, I won't tell you. I was going to give something away from Breakable, I won't tell you. Okay. You just got to be surprised. Um, what was the standout moment for you, or did you give yours? I mean, my standout moment is essentially just the whole concept, but I guess also I'll go with the execution of his master plan, which it is a spoiler and weren't spoilers, but I do, it's so good that I would just say watch it because it's one of those things where he's like, he's kind of like a magician. It's like when he's doing something with his left hand, something else is happening with the right hand that you're not even seeing. Yep. 
And I guess, yeah, this is what, uh, I guess, you know, they weren't in the ward with him, but this is what it's kind of been leading up to. It's like, they're with him now, and he's like, this is my opportunity to yeah, do this. Suppose superheroes of the world bring other superheroes out. I mean, this is kind of like his gift to the world before he goes, because he knows he's getting up there in age and not going to be around long. Yeah, I mean, even they even mention at the end of the movie that it's a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. What was your biggest surprise? All right, my biggest surprise, and I think this might be on your list too. <clears throat> um, my biggest surprise is everyone is dead at the end of the movie. All all three that's, of our heroes that's and what villains. I, that's what I wrote down too: is everyone dying at the end? Because I, I thought for sure, like maybe Mr. Glass dies by the end of this, but I could see them doing a sequel and having the other two still around. But no, everyone's dead. <laughs> I know Mr. Glass, I knew, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, he, he's going to die just from that punch. He's dead. And then they kill the beast. And I'm like, okay, well, David's probably still alive. He's the obvious choice. He's unbreakable. And then he they drown him in a puddle. But, like, it's still brutal. Like, it's not as cheesy as I just made it sound. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, no, it really was. So, um, yeah, I guess so. That one gal belongs to an, I mean, that was a big reveal and surprise, too, is that gal belongs to an organization who's basically trying to wipe these people out. Yeah, I know. Like, That's part of her master plan altogether is either convince them that they're not what they think they are or wipe them out. Exactly. And I think it kind of feels like when she makes that reveal, because throughout the movie, I'm like, oh, my God, are they actually not heroes? Like, they're just stuck in their own delusions. Like, even the movie made me think, like oh my god i think that actually might be what's happening mm-hmm. but you know they it's revealed at the end um the therapist i forget her name Miss staples i believe so yeah yeah so she like is revealing she even tells david like as they're killing him just like if you had believed that if i had convinced you that you were just a regular person that had delusions we would have left you alone but since you've fought that programming essentially we, we have to take you out because she even introduced the concept that she's like, we, this, she's part of this big organization, kind of like Illuminati sort of level crap where, you know, she says that if... Uh, what was she, that on their, like, Arista three-leaf clover? Yeah, they, like, I guess everybody in the organization has, like, a four-leaf, three-leaf, four-leaf clover. Because it was, some, whoever, whatever hand was holding down David's face in the puddle drowning him had that on their wrist. Yeah, I think it's, that's what I got is that is the signal for the organization. Yeah, I, I think uh, this was now that we're in spoilers too um when she read like her plan didn't work out like she wanted it to i love that reveal like first i like how she's heard about the reveal she's in the comic or how she like kind of dawned on her to go check the footage and then she goes and uh well yeah no i hear you saying like yeah she uh essentially the movie's wrapping up she's actually in a comic book shop which i wasn't really i kind of understood why she was there but then she overhear some nerds talking about this mastermind comics i was like yeah that's why he's so awesome when he's doing something over here you're not even paying attention to what his actual plan is then it dawns on her she has a realization so she goes back to the hospital yeah when they're looking at the, like oh yeah this is all because she her her plan was to like wipe all all uh, surveillance footage so that none of this ever gets out nobody knows anything then it turns out that mr glass put it on the web and sends links to particular people uh, david's son being one of them and when she finds out that yeah her her moment in the hall screaming was great yeah because she's because essentially like what i got from that is her organization that essentially kills heroes to maintain society status quo mr glass's plan is just like if everybody sees this they could awaken like the people who think they're just 
kind of good at something, but it essentially like unlock their extraordinary abilities. So their pl- his plan could still work. I mean, I could still see them doing some kind of sequel to this. I don't really know where you go. These these main characters dead, but like Mr. Glass said, this is more of an origin story. Yeah, like what how I can see this going is like if his plan works like it's supposed to, it awakens more heroes than what their organization can deal with. So essentially it'll become like more heroes will arise and fight the organization that's trying to keep them like assassinate them kill them and keep society going as it currently is and i'd go see that movie yeah no i would too so um why don't we wrap it up here and grade this out because i know we're starting to get a little long here i would for me give my overall review medium expectations going in they were met i enjoyed myself definitely watchable i would definitely say check it out everybody's great in this it was again great seeing bruce willis in a really good movie again instead of just a mediocre movie great seeing samuel L. jackson not as nick fury and james mcavoy i don't know if i touched on this wow he was amazing again i haven't seen split but man he was amazing in this playing all those different characters and how he would like shift from character to character, which is really cool. No, that definitely was a cool moment. So yeah, I would say overall, um, not an amazing masterpiece of a movie. And this actually might be one that grows me. Maybe if I should go back and watch Unbreakable and Split and then this again, it'll all like it better. But I would say B plus for me. Yeah, you know, I'm going to copy you too, Jordan. I'm going to go with the B plus. Like, I enjoyed this movie a lot. It is slow in some parts, and it's more of like a, like a psych, like I said, psychological. It's not a big bombastic superhero movie. But, and so I call it a B plus. Maybe that'll change lower or higher if I see where it actually sits in the entire trilogy once I go back and watch those other movies. But as far as I go, I say B plus. I thought it was great. I enjoyed myself, and I really like the concepts that they introduce in the third act. Yeah, and I will say if it ends here cool trilogy yeah i mean i i would assume <laughs> <laughs> yeah now we'll get you introduced to uh, if anything gosh i you know unbreakable is one i wouldn't mind owning i bet you when this comes out they'll have a triple blu-ray pack i'd buy that yeah maybe all right well yeah why don't we wrap it up here daniel uh tell everybody where they can find us you can find us at movies underscore brews on instagram and twitter let us know what you thought of this movie and also just let us know what you want us to cover in 2019 all righty well everyone thanks for listening and thanks for uh sharing the podcast with friends we really appreciate it and we'll talk to you next time cheers, cheers.